Hello and welcome to another episode of Faster Stronger Orange on the Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. This is Kevin Wall, your host, and today we're going to be talking with Santita Ibanguise, student athlete at Syracuse University who was an All-American in volleyball and also a university scholar. Santita talks about what goes into being successful on and off the court. She shares with us how the team was able to reach their first ever NCAA tournament last fall how she was able to achieve some personal goals, and what's next for her as she continues on at Syracuse in her master's degree. Here's our interview with Santita. And joining us now on Faster Stronger Orange is a Syracuse uh, recent undergraduate graduate, a member of the volleyball team, Santita Mbagwase. Santita, thank you for joining us and taking time today to talk. Thank you for having me. Great. So I wanted to talk um, a lot about all of the things you've been involved with in four years at Syracuse. But first, we'll start with athletics. And what was the thing that brought you to Syracuse uh, to participate in the volleyball program? Um, the co- uh, Coach Ellen was recruiting me, and he saw me multiple times. And I'm a close. I'm from Rochester, so it's pretty much home here. And I really liked the school and the environment. And so me, I was always more actually school-oriented, more than athletics-oriented. And I saw myself on campus. I saw myself playing in that gym. And that kind of made a decision for me. All right, great. This past fall, the team reached the first NCAA tournament for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I want you to go back. Before the season, was there something within the, the squad that you felt that the group was ready to take that next step? So I realized that the year before, we were literally the cutoff for the tournament. So we made NIT, and we all vowed, like, no, we're not making NIT again. We're making the tournament. Like, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I knew that, like, there was a drive to actually reach that goal. And I know that the seniors that we had that played regularly, we were going to give it our all. It was our last try. We weren't going to go down like the seniors our freshman year. Like, we got so close, and we weren't there. No, we were going to make it this year. So um, we were ready to like give it all, like, give it all we had. Right. So. so do you notice any change in intensity with preseason practices, practices, or, or what, what's, the, what's the sort of difference when you talk about giving it your all? So preseason started pretty much similar, but um, we also noticed that um, we had Paulina. Um, and she was way better than any of us expected, and we were like, with what we had before and the addition of her as well to our squad, we really do have a great chance of doing well this year. And then when we also looked at our schedule, our preseason schedule was very difficult. And so we knew that if we can play with these teams, give it our all, see where we stand, we can then go from there. So after like preseason, like the preseason tournaments, and we were hanging with all these teams, um, and taking some of them to four, winning some, uh, beating some of them, taking them to five, we realize we are just as good as we can be. Like, right. we can hand, hand, hang with anyone. So going into the ACC tournament, we had some confidence. I mean, sorry, not tournament, conference play. We had some confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, we did well this preseason. We've set ourselves up pretty nicely. So now we just stay in the stride, and you never know, we can probably make this tournament. Great. So... As an athlete, as one of the leaders on the team, 
do you notice that people play um, differently? Uh, Are people uh, less afraid of making mistakes? Um, Do you feel like there's more trust among the group? Because obviously it's a sport where communication is important, trust is important, that people are in the right spot. Do you notice those things when you're either in practice or during the preseason leading up to the ACC? So in our preseason, we kind of just went guns blazing, like throw it all out there. What do we have? ACC, we definitely started to become a little more tentative because we know these are games that we need to win. They're not just, well, if we take a win, that's good. If we take a loss, it's not bad. So when we get to AC play, we're a little bit more tight. I mean, the older girls were kind of like, we're good. We've been through this, what, three more times. We've had good seasons, we had terrible seasons, and we had mediocre seasons. So we, we knew kind of what was asked of us. Um, but I know that sometimes when we were playing like a bigger team in ACCs, some of the other girls would get a little bit tight. They're like, okay, we can't lose this, or I make a mistake. So we had to make sure we had to like learn through that and like just kind of feel our way through it. Um, so I feel like we, <laughs> we, I think that like yes, certain games that we got tight, like I know we had some bad losses like Notre Dame and NC State at the end of the year. And if that, we did we realized that we were so close right. and we hear so many people like we're gonna make it we're gonna make it we just have to you know put these last couple games away we definitely did get tight we definitely started making mistakes we started losing our confidence our stride and moving away from our game plan but i think after that last nc state uh, match and we got into wake forest we started to get into our stride again so so you make it through the season mm-hmm. You sit there and you realize that the team's getting the NCAA tournament selection. Mm-hmm. What are the feelings? So, like, <laughs> for me personally, I didn't believe it until they said our name and put it on the screen because, like, my freshman year, too, we have a good chance of making it. We did kind of what we were supposed to do. We just didn't have a strong preseason. So we didn't make it. But um, I think that we were all excited. None of us felt like after Wake Forest, our season is over. None of us felt it. We were like, there's more to this. Like, this is not over. Um, so when we finally saw that S on the screen, we were like, we were very excited. And then when we saw we were playing Yale, we were like, guys, this is so doable. Come on. And we actually ended up looking at our tracks and looking at all other ACC team tracks. And for the most part, I think we had the best track out of all of them. Right. So um, it, was, it was very exciting, very surreal. Now, it's still sort of recent, but how does it feel to be part of a history of the program and, and sort of be some, you know, something that's going to live on in, in the program? You know, you're the first. So, like, it's, it's cool to say, like, we're the first, um, but for me, I just want the next year's team to be able to build up on it. Um, I don't think, like, oh, yeah, we made history. Um, it was, yeah, we made history. Yeah, we're in the record books. But now it's like, okay. The season has ended. For us seniors, we're moving on to right. different things, either playing professional, grad school, whatever. Um, but the girls are still there. They need to learn, like, what did you get from the season? How did we make it so far? And how can we keep going? Well, them. We'll keep going to build upon this momentum. So it's like, okay, we made the tournament. That's our goal. We mm-hmm. don't really think about, oh, we made history right. the first team. We don't think about that. So you've been around the team, obviously, this semester a little bit. Do you feel like they they're still have that sort of hunger to, to do more? I think that they're young, and there are certain things that they were caught up this season, especially with the seniors and kind of the environment that we had. Um, now they've kind of ripped the scab off, and right. now we have to see what are they made of. Are they truly as competitive as 
we were last year, or are they going to have to build up a little bit more? That we still yet to be determined. Okay, great. So to look at your history, your career, you leave with a couple of Syracuse records. You're in the top ten and some others. Um, top ten all time in the ACC in hitting percentage. Um, what does it feel like as an athlete to to know that you've put your name in, in on those sort of lists? So, I I feel like that's amazing. I really didn't look at my stats until like I want to say end of junior year, mm-hmm. midway through junior year, and it wasn't because I'm like okay, where am I? Um, I need to be this or what? Like it wasn't really superficial for me. It was like this is where I am. And I know I want to get better. This, these are actual numbers, tangible things that I can look at and make better. Um, so for me, when I last year, like I looked at um, my stats, I'm like, okay, hey, this is what I want to be. I want to be this in blocking. I want to be this in hitting. Um, and if I and this in like let's say like serving. And if I can do these three things, that's definitely moving us towards um, our goals. So. Um, Actually, for blocking, I didn't make my goal. I mean, I did have better than I did last year, which was one of the goals. The numbers, I didn't get fully. But hitting, I was like, I want to do better. And I was like, I was so close. I'm like, let me hit 400, and that would be good. And then hitting a 425, and I was like, okay, well, this is great. And then to kind of add, like, um, add to it, the cherry on top, I was actually number one. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I did not see that coming. Because um, I'm like, one of my... People I looked up to, Haley Washington, she on Penn State. Like, last year she got it, and she hit, I think, like, a 479. So I'm like, this is great. Like, this is things that can actually happen, like, you can actually move towards. So um, throughout this year, our coaches actually had goals for all of us. Um, like, passing had needed to be somewhere. Blocking for different positions had to be a certain something. Hitting had to be certain. So I like that they gave us these checkpoints that we see that, did we miss it? Did we make it? How do we get better? How do we change? This is how we have to watch film to get better and move better. So, so are you evaluating those numbers sort of game by game? Yes. Okay. So I would like so um, I want to say it started more, I guess, end of junior year, but definitely through senior year. I looked at my numbers not just to look at them, saying, "Oh, I hit like this." Good. More like this is how I felt, how I hit. I felt like I could do better, or I felt like, okay, I did the best I could. I would look at the numbers and see what they reflected. At times, I'm like, okay, this is good. I did what I was supposed to do. Other times, it's like, yeah, I might have hit decent, but I could definitely have done better. Or there's times where I hit terrible, and I'm like, what was happening? What was going through my head right now? So, so people may not be as familiar with your sport mm-hmm. in terms of what's, what goes into mm-hmm. identifying. So look at hitting percentage. Mm-hmm. Are you doing some specific type of workouts in the off-season or in the preseason to hit those goals that you mentioned? So for me, um, I came in. I had power behind my head. So that one I wasn't really worried about. I was worried about more um, hitting directions, which, again, I still could do. But with my position... I needed to read the situation. So first off, where do the middles like to hit? Do the outsides or the uh, do the pin hitters or uh, pin blockers come in to help? Um, if I see that I want to hit my strong direction, but I see a block, how do I turn it midair or how do I change direction? How do I fake with my feet? Like pretend I'm doing a one, hit a different a position, or change as I said, change direction last second. Short tips, deep tips. Like I had to change. Um, kind of like add to my repertoire but then also what was more important I had to be able to think fast so it's it was the mental game that I really cultivated in college 
that helped me do like reflect my hitting percentage because in total honesty I hit harder freshman year than I did now but I hit a lot smarter when I when I hit like these past two years which kind of reflected in my numbers so is that uh something you would think normal college adjustment where people come in thinking like okay what worked for me in the past is what I'm going to be able to continue to do to be successful so yeah so the thing is with college and especially division one athletics everyone's good Right. Like everyone's good. Yeah. That's why that's why we're here. So pure talent and power and brute force isn't gonna work anymore because that everyone has that. So then at this time you're you're now cultivating your mental game. Like what are the basics? You like go back to the basics. You use like what am I looking at? What how am I touching the ball? What am I doing in certain situations? How do I move faster? How do I read the situation if I can't move faster? So I feel like when you get to college, it's more of a mental game. And if you can get that down, you realize, okay, my brain is where it's supposed to be. If my body's not there, this is what I need to work on to get it there. Okay. So. Great. So now you're done with your volleyball eligibility, mm-hmm. but you're coming back to finish graduate program next year, and you mm-hmm. shared that you're going to be continuing to participate in athletics. Okay. Yes, I will be participating in athletics. Yes. And um, you'll be a member of? I will be a member of the uh, women's soccer team, okay. um, and I would be a, a goalkeeper. Great. So, so continue that career. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I want to transition a little bit to talk about the other side of the student-athlete and your academics mm-hmm. and some of the things that... Um, you've accomplished mm-hmm. you remember uh first of all your major was bioengineering mm-hmm. right and that's what you're getting your master's in correct mm-hmm. right member of the renee crown honors program you earned ncaa postgraduate scholarship acc postgraduate scholarship acc volleyball scholar athlete of the year four-time acc academic team member senior class finalist and also a university scholar here mm-hmm. at syracuse Tell people I don't know the university. What does it mean to be selected as a university scholar? So, so I've been told. <laughs> um, the university scholar, um, 12 students in the graduating class are chosen to represent pretty much all the pillars uh, that Syracuse has, like, that pretty much are their, like, the basis of, like, excellence. And um, there's a committee that all schools are represented um, with faculty, and they look at hundreds of portfolios that you have to put together um, and they determine which of these 12 individuals um, should obtain this honor. Um, So but first you your school nominates um, depending on population certain Mm -hmm. schools get more Um, and then from there we work with um, someone in career services I worked with Kathleen Joyce lovely lady and she put uh, we helped put my portfolio together so pieces that I did showing like all my different interests um resume personal statement like who am I and so on and we put that together and then we send it off and so then from there then this committee then chooses 12 individuals so it's been told I've been told that it's the highest honor (laughs) an undergraduate can receive here at Syracuse University it was surreal when I found out that I got Yes, I was going to ask you, what's the feeling like? Yeah, I was like, I first off, I laughed because um, I had just found out, I think, not too much prior that I got NCA postgrad and ACC postgrad. So I was like, okay, woohoo. And so um, I found out, I think, like a week later that I got university scholar. And I was at first, I didn't know what that meant. And then I started reading, uh, reading up about it. And I'm like, oh, wow, like... 
this is amazing. Like, how did I get this? Um, and then from there, then we get like a series of emails of things that we need to do, like meetings and getting certain information in and pictures and stuff like that. But it was kind of all a surreal experience. Like, and then it, seeing all the other people who were chosen from the class, it was just like, whoa, you guys are awesome. Right. Holy, wow. Everyone, you mentioned everyone's good in Division One athletics, yeah. and at that level, again, mm-hmm. everyone's pretty accomplished. Yeah, it's insane. So how does someone who's balancing at Division One athletics, academics, and a program like engineering, mm-hmm. how, do you, how did you do it? How did you, how did you find your way to be successful? So everyone has things that they're good at. Right. And so like, when people are like, engineering's super hard, I'm like, well... For me, it's equivalent to you taking, let's say, if you love psychology, like it's just what you're, what you like and what you're good at. So for me, it's like yes, I put work and effort into it, but there's also a bit of just, I got it. Yeah. So, but what actually helped me get everything done was first I had a problem solve. Like classes for engineering are rigid; they don't really change from year to year, and volleyball practices and workouts and training and traveling are also very rigid. So what I had to do was, I think, when I realized like I wanted to do this major, I transferred in my freshman year, spring. Um, but I was still taking like general ed, so I, my schedule was kind of flexible right. still. And um, I started getting to sophomore year, I started to have some issues, like I had this class I had to take before I took these other classes, but it was during practice, so then I had to talk to coach, we had to figure it out. So um, that season, we were able to figure something out, but that was really hard, and I was missing a lot of stuff. So um, that semester, I talked with my advisors in athletics, I talked with my advisors in honors, and I talked with my advisors in engineering to figure out, okay, when can I take all these classes? I need to get all this stuff done. Um, So I actually mapped out my schedule for five semesters. And I was like, this is what I need to take. This is what I'm going to need to move. And we used um, the class times that they really didn't change. So we kind of knew, okay, this time we'll be taking this. This time we'll be taking this. You're going to have to take these classes together um, and so on. So with honors, I tried to get my requirements done as fast as possible. So I ended up actually finishing all my honors requirements besides the capstone and community service, which I just didn't log them in yet, um, sophomore year. And so then now I was just worrying about engineering. So that whole junior year was just like, get all your engineering stuff out of the, like try to, you have to take this all in order. And because that we kind of knew our schedule beforehand, we were able to kind of figure out practice times and figure out ways to like, okay, so you'll miss this, but you'll make most of this. Um, and this is how we're gonna get everything done. So I went to both sides. I present after like talking with my advisors. I had my schedules. I go to my coaches. I say, hey, this is what's happening. Right. And I go to my uh, teachers in engineering. I'm like, this is what's happening. Um, is this okay? What would I need to do? Is there stuff in the summer because I'm here um, that I need to get done earlier? Um, I know I'm gonna be missing quizzes. I'm missing tests. Like it was all trying to be proactive. So like in the beginning of the semesters, I would. He's like, here's my travel schedule. I'll highlight these are the ones I'm missing. This is a test day. This is a test day. This is a quiz day. I will remind you a week in advance. I'll also remind you the day before I leave. Say, just to make sure, like, okay, this is how I'm going to have to make it up. This is what I'm going to have to do. Right. So it was a lot of, like, talking with my professors, talking with my coach, figuring out a way to find a balance. And because I was a starter and I also was doing well in engineering, 
and I was also proactive about the situation. They were more lenient and more flexible with working, and they wanted to work with me a little bit more. So that was like really good and advice to anyone. Always talk to your professors early, be proactive, try to come up with the, present them with solutions rather than just problems because then they're more likely to help or compromise. Right. And you're not just balancing engineering and <laughs> athletics. You have the honors piece, mm-hmm. but then you're also looking beyond this master's program, right? Yes. And so we've talked a little bit before that you're looking at med school. At what point was that was that the goal when you came to Syracuse, or at what point did that become your goal? So, me, I was, like, I started off, I think, as a little kid, I think I want to be, like, President of the United States, that is not a thing anymore, <laughs> but uh, I definitely, like, moved around, but I always liked health and medicine, I like science, I actually started out liking math more, but then once I started getting higher, I'm not really a fan of, like, the theoretical stuff, so I was like, math is not going to be my end goal, and I love... I loved science, and I was in a science family and science house, so I came to Syracuse thinking, maybe I'll do med school, maybe not, I don't know. I think I came in as a, um, I want to do chemistry, econ, double major. Um, That died, but (laughs) it's okay. Um, But then I realized, like, I still believe I want to do medicine, and so then I started to, like, try to do volunteering, like, at the VA, see how that works, and that's now also got into my current job as a medical scribe. I'm like, if I want to do something, this is a big decision. I got to see, like, was this something I can actually go forward and go through doing? And then also with engineering, is like, I do like engineering. Do I want to keep going with that? So then I realized, like, if I want to do engineering, I have to see, like, how research is, because a lot of that is, like, I'd rather do research than just go to just a big company and just work there. So... Um, I think I really solidified, like, this is what I want to do. Um, sophomore year f- spring, because I started taking Orgo 2, started taking the electives that I didn't need anymore. But it was really officially, like, I'm doing this. I'm figuring out how to do get everything done. This is what I need to do. Um, probably by junior year spring. Okay. That's when I started, like, I'm med school right now is where I want to be. And so... I started to try to gear myself up for that and like take the right classes, figure out what things I need to do to study. And I think then senior year, I also then started looking at schools and looking at like, what is it, what goes into looking for as good med school? Because it's been a long time since I searched for a school. And I'm like, what are these like, after like hospitals, do I want to be in a city rural area? Like rotations, you have to think about that. You have to think about like, hey, is it like a pass fail? Is it A, B, C, D? Are there like cohorts? Is it just every man for themselves? You have to look at all these different things. So by that point, I was like, yeah, med school is a foregone conclusion. I like medicine. I like the healthcare, and I feel like uh, my background in engineering could really help me. So great. Yeah. So people listening to this, <clears throat> we've been talking for twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. You're achieving. You're starting. Mm-hmm. Doing well athletically. Balancing these academics. Mm-hmm. They must think, okay. After that, you must sleep the rest of the time. But you're, or you were, heavily involved in the Student Athlete Advisory Committee mm-hmm. at Syracuse, including mm-hmm. being one of the co-presidents this past year. Yes. So what drives you then, and probably what's very little free time that you have, to take on a leadership role within, within the department? So SAF was something, actually, I was, I kind of just stumbled into. Um, my freshman year, um, that spring... I guess we lost one of our representatives or something where we needed some. So Leah, who was a girl on the team, she's like, you'd be great for it. And Aaron, our 
um, associate head coach at the time. She's like, yes, you should try to go to meetings here, see this. And so I started going to meetings, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I really didn't start like, getting heavily more involved, I want to say, until like sophomore year spring. And I realized like this is an opportunity to like do more, like help out your fellow student athletes, go to S projects, learn things about finance or like how to live your life, mental health and that type of stuff. And then you have chances to like do community outreach and interact with other student athletes because sometimes you can get so caught up in your little niche that the only athletes I see are volleyball players, but I'm always in Manly, I'm not going on campus unless I have classes and then I'm going home or I'm doing something in Manly or on South. So like, this is a way to like, kind of have the training wheels and step outside and see what's going on. Um, then junior year, again, I started to be more involved. I started being more of an advocate, like, hey guys, this is what's happening in SAG, this is what's happening on campus. Um, like, try to get more involvement. And then um, we were going into elections and like, trying to get people for e-board and Mark's like, you should do it. And I'm like, I have no time. Like, I was planning on taking like 19 credits, working, and doing research, trying to find my honors thesis. I'm like, there's no way in God's creation that I'm going to get this all done like, you know, and try to be on eboard itself. And I talked with former past eboard members, like, you should do it. You'd be great. There's a support system. Like, they don't just leave you out to the wolves. Like, there is guidance, like you won't be just all alone and doing it all by yourself and you were changing the way SAC was run. So um, it was gonna be, people are more culpable for their responsibilities. So <laughs> Mark convinced me, he's like, you should do it. And I was also nervous, like me in the leadership role. Um, but I applied for um, e-board and I was elected co-president with Rebecca. And I realized like it was honestly the perfect situation. We both did have a lot on our plate. We both were in honors, athletes, um, I'm fall, she's spring, so that was actually a really good, nice mix. And then we also had a couple of people added to the e-board. So it was never just us doing work. Right. We had a group, and we had Mark and Cam who were helping us every step of the way. And we, what we did was we purposely gave people roles so you didn't feel like you had to do everything. Right. And I was more of like a connection with like administration and campus and that type of stuff. So it was definitely doable, and it was a team effort. So I was... I'm. To this day, I'm glad that I did it. It was one of the greatest decisions to accept it. And yeah, it was work sometimes, but it was definitely doable. And I'm, again, glad I did it. Right. And I'm still in SAC, actually. I'm just, um, because I didn't find out about soccer until like end of April after the elections, I didn't apply for eBoard. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And so I'm with the soccer. I'm one of the soccer representatives. So why do you think it's important for student athletes to be involved and active in, in, in a, groups like SAC, either either within athletics or even on campus? Because with ours, especially Syracuse, our athletic complex is away from campus. So it's very easy to just you're on South, you're at Manly, you go to class, you come back to Manly, get food, go to Stevenson, do your work, go home. Like it's very easy to just be cut off from the rest of the student population. So having ways to 
interact with them and you have go to more events on campus or organize events on campus so they understand like hey athleticism is some crazy thing over down comstock like we're actually normal students well yes we're normal students <laughs> we do normal things and that type of stuff but then also more importantly they also we were we didn't just do like campus events and community outreach we also talked about like um, hard topics about inclusion and mental health and we're also teaching people things about like financial aid financial stuff a after mm -hmm. school like right. how to attack like grad school resume building we had speakers come in and talk about like sexual violence we, we had a lot of stuff and I know like mental health was a big thing in leadership like we had seminars on this stuff to like understand like if you are a captain this is like what type of captain are you what type of leader are you what type of person are you sure. how do you flourish how do you deal with these things and you always have someone. You always have someone to talk to. You have always some someone in in your corner. So I feel like SAC was a way to just ameliorate the whole student athlete experience, not just like um, community outreach and stuff like that. It was really everything that they tried to encapsulate, and I really, really like it. As someone who has been involved with athletics mm -hmm. at Syracuse now for four years, what are some of the things that you'd like to see, whether it's at SU or throughout the NCA, to kind of improve the student athlete experience? So, for um, I know they're working on um, some legislations, and I know <laughs> it's horrible, but because you're in a Power Five conference, there are more resources. And I know for certain sports, like fall sports, we would love to start in June because we start for we start preseason. Our preseason lasts maybe a week, possibly two, and you're already into into play. So if we had that extra two months, like if you think like softball, they get here in September. They have all spring to like not spring, all fall to get ready for their season, and then they have a spring to just do their season. So like things like that, I, I would love for it to be like not just football and basketball but more of those like all fall sports can come in early but like saying spring sports cannot because they just ended let's say in June mm -hmm. making them come back in July have no life no like so I think that's like a big thing um I feel like a little bit more communication on many campuses between academics and the athletics department because I know certain people have not also been as um, lucky and but it's because of the communication it's not just at our, like it's at a lot of schools really right. um, and so I think it has to start yes with the student athlete to say hey this is my situation this is what I want to do how do I help how, how do I get this done because if you do that then honestly there's doors that are open but it's not just told to you sure. so I feel like if that's the way that needs to be done then we need to advocate student athletes like hey if this is what you want to do these are the people you need to talk to, right. this is how you need to get it done, and if more and more people are doing that, they might then be like, okay, well, this is kind of how the game plan, they'll send mm -hmm. out a game plan to everyone else, but it's, that has to also be on the initiative of the student athlete. Right. So like, I feel like um, people shouldn't be scared to talk to administration, send an email, say, hey, I wanna meet, about things that, that concern them, because we'd rather have Institute like regulations happen at the institutional level and move up to the NCA, and then they like and then it gets instituted right. rather than the NCA throwing down new legislation and regulations for everyone else to then just follow, and mm -hmm. they might not always be good depending on an institution. Right. So for that, I honestly feel like there just needs to be more communication all around, and we'd be fine. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> 
So I have one final thing that I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about all these accolades and accomplishments mm-hmm. so far mm-hmm. in your career. What's been the most uh, impactful or meaningful to you personally? Out of um, the awards that I've gotten? I would say just accomplishments, academically, athletically, outside of those areas. What, do you, what, do you, what would you look back on and say, wow, this is what? So me, been- I don't know if I have a favorite, but I'm... There are things that I'm really glad that I ended up doing, even though they weren't always desirable. Like, I'm glad that I also minored in French, because that, this last semester, I ended up taking nine credits to get the minor, and I feel like my French abilities got so much better, and I'm so glad that, even though it was undesirable, I ended up taking, like, 23 credits a semester, I was like, I'm glad I did it. And then I'm also glad that most of the stuff that I did and accomplishments that I got were because I was just talking to people randomly or I walked like to class and I got into a conversation with someone and I started doing something that completely like revolution like changed my life and I was <clears throat> but I think that the goals that I'm really excited about that like I was like very happy and this doesn't mean I like more than the other it's just these are so these are ones that are in my control. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm so honored that I got university scholar, but someone chose me for that. Right. I just did my I just did what I wanted to do and then they were chosen for me. But like when it came to like athletics, getting number one hitting percentage was a really big thing for me. Like I was so happy. Like once I realized like it could be done, I strove to do better. I wanted to be better. I wanted to make it. Um, and then with school it's like I wanted to get the high GPA that I could. I know there's times where I definitely could have done better, but it's like, with all that was going on, I'm glad that it's what it is. And so, and like, I'm also glad that I did like honors because that made me take classes. I purposely made it like this. I took classes that are completely not science and not science, like not science related at all, like human predicament, human history of women's suffrage movement, that type of things, just so I can get outside. Sometimes you gotta get outside of what you're, focused on all the time and so that allowed me to interact with people that I never would have interacted with take classes and go to like events that I never would have thought to go to in the past so like for me I think the biggest like greatest accomplishment was saying why not to so many things like okay I'll do it um I want to do it I want to try it why not If if it's wrong it's wrong for me then I'll tell you that but having that mentality was like kind of the greatest thing and then understanding these are my weaknesses I am bad at these things and I'm good at these things was also a really good thing because I could also work on my weaknesses or step outside of my comfort zone and things so if I failed I'm like well this is the time to fail I'm in college less repercussions right um so uh I think that just trying to step out of my comfort zone doing as much as I possibly could is my greatest accomplishment (laughs) awesome well, that's something I think that a lot of students and others can take uh, take to heart. Mm-hmm. And Santita, thank you for your time and no sharing more about your story and accomplishments and, and good luck this fall with soccer. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Once again, we'd like to thank Santita for her time. Next week on Faster Stronger Orange, we're going to have an interview with Paige Stoner, uh, All-American in cross-country and track and field. Paige is going to talk to us about her Syracuse career and what's next for her and her future as a professional runner. Thanks again for tuning in. You can always find us at Noon's Magician online, and we'd love to hear your feedback, including some of those uh, Syracuse Olympic sport athletes that you'd like to hear from. Thanks for listening.